on today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. He stands six feet, six inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, fighting out of Portland, Oregon, head coach of your Houston Rockets, Ime Udoka. And fighting out of the yellow corner, he stands at six feet, eight inches tall, weighing in at 250 pounds, forward for the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingoon here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tari Eason. Here comes Tari. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five, four, three, two, one. Ime Udoka versus LeBron James. Who are you throwing money on in a five-round heavyweight fight? What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything. Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked On Rockets. Free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And as always, thank you so much for making Lockdown Rockets part of your day every single day. Thank you for being an everydayer, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making the show part of your day every single day. Rockets taking another L over the weekend at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers, 107 to 97. And we're going to unpack and explain why they lost this game. And we'll get into a lot of the specifics behind it. Because trust me, Ime Udoka had a lot to say after the game about why the Rockets lost this one. He also had a lot to say during the game, which got him ejected as he was mouthing off and jawing back and forth with none other than LeBron James. So what brought us to this point? This was a game that felt incredibly chippy. Now, there's there's a little history between these two teams, right? Let's go. Let's let's rewind the tape for a moment. The Rockets absolutely embarrassed the Lakers in their first meeting this season at Toyota Center to the point where they didn't even, the, the Lakers waved the white, white flag and, and it, the entire fourth quarter was garbage time. That's an embarrassing L to take from a, you know, a quote unquote young up and coming team, whatever, when you're supposed to be a contender and you're the top dog with LeBron and AD and all that. And yeah, so whatever. They took the L. Then. You come down, Rockets play in L.A., and th- that game was really egregious. The, the the free throw disparity, the home cooking with the officials, and the Lakers barely escape with a one-point victory, right? So both teams are feeling pretty chippy at this point early in the season, having played each other now. This is the third time that these teams have been playing each other, and there was just a lot of jawing back and forth, guys calling each other out. You know, Ime got teed up earlier in the game complaining about, you know, a foul call or something that, that happened. And so Ime was already sitting on a technical. 
And and keep that in mind, the fact that he was sitting on that first technical. And then Tari Eason gets fouled on his way to the basket by Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish decides to walk. Cam Reddish has a whole NBA basketball court to work with and tries to walk through Tari Eason, who is standing at the free throw line waiting for the ball so he can shoot his two free throws. Cam Reddish walks through Tari, and that's what kind of ignites this whole situation. So Tari Eason takes exception to that. Tari tries to go confront Cam Reddish. Alper and Shingun immediately grabs Tari Eason and starts trying to calm him down. Everybody else, suddenly there's a scuffle around the free throw line. Everybody's trying to get separated. The officials are stepping in, making sure everything's good. Cam Reddish gets teed up. Tari Eason tries to go shoot the technical. <laughs> and Fred Van Vliet... <laughs> brushes him off the line. He's like, dude, get, get out of here. I'm shooting the technical. You can get your free throws, but I'm shooting the technical. He pulls rank on him. And then as things are kind of calming down, the pan, the camera pans over and you see Ime Odoka, who now has a hand on Tari's shoulder. Think, and Jalen kind of went and grabbed Tari and, and brought him over to the sideline, got him to coach. Ime's got a hand on Tari's shoulder and he's saying words that I cannot repeat on this podcast, but he's basically telling the Lakers to stop complaining. We'll leave it at that. And he's saying that repeatedly. And he's saying also maybe stop behaving a certain way. So LeBron James takes exception to this. And so LeBron and Ime start jawing back and forth. And then Ime starts talking to LeBron saying like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you walking over here for? Like you're going to do something. And Ime looks him up and down, sizes him up and down, and then proceeds to directly insult LeBron James, which I cannot again, utter the words that he said on this podcast, but Oh my God, the look on the faces of all the people behind Ime when they heard the exchange between Ime and LeBron, it was like a Renaissance painting seeing these people light up with gasps and oh my God. And, and all these expressions, like five to eight different people all behind the coaching staff, the, the, you know, the fans and attendants who could clearly hear what was going on between Ime and LeBron. And because Ime Odoka was already sitting on his first technical from earlier in the game, he was ejected. LeBron James picked up a technical. He got to stay in the game and it was, such an exciting moment, even though the Rockets lost this game. And even though it, it, it didn't work in the way that sometimes coaches attempt to get thrown out to, you know, galvanize the troops and get everybody fired up and try to win a game that way. I think it speaks to the identity of this Rockets team and, and the identity that Ime Odoka has instilled in these guys. They will not back down from anybody. Ime Udoka is not afraid of anybody. Ime Udoka is not afraid of LeBron James. Ime Udoka is not afraid to call LeBron James out. Afterwards, in the post game, when Ime was asked about the, you know, the interaction with LeBron, he was asked whether he was having a conversation with the officials on the sideline or if he was having a conversation with LeBron. And Ime's response was the player. Yes. Didn't even bother calling him LeBron in the post game. Just called him the player. That's, <laughs> like, Ime was here for it. He wanted all of the smoke. And LeBron, the you can look at the thumbnail of this episode. LeBron was shook with what he was hearing from Ime. Whatever Ime said to him, we we know a little bit of what he said from some you know advanced lip readers, all that. But 
I just think it's it's cool to have a head coach, a leader of your team, of your organization, a guy that you feel like you can go to war with. And Ime is absolutely a guy that, that these guys will fall in line and go to war for. And you're seeing that. You've seen it throughout this season. You've seen the way that guys have bought in. And they're still inconsistent. They still have their ups and downs. They still have their issues. There's a reason we're talking about a loss in this game and not a dub. And that's because they are a young team. And they make mistakes. And they have inconsistencies to their game. It's not all going to be perfect. It's not all going to be sunshine and rainbows. But knowing that that is the guy that you have leading the troops and going to battle every single day for this Rockets organization, that should give you the utmost confidence moving forward that he is not, he's a guy, he, he will not tolerate anything. He will not back down from anyone. And I just think that's an incredible thing to have sitting in your head coaching seat. So I just wanted to give Ime his props for calling out the Lakers, for calling out LeBron James directly, and for getting tossed, which I told you to remember early on, when he picked up that very first technical, he grabbed Ben Sullivan and whispered to Ben Sullivan. It's hard to make out what he's saying, but you gotta imagine that he basically told Ben, hey, at some point, I think I'm getting tossed tonight. (laughs) Or at some point, I may try and get tossed tonight. And when asked after the fact what they were discussing, you know, LeBron said they were talking about Thanksgiving stuff. And so clearly you're not going to get a straight answer out of either one of them, but we were able to get enough. uh, There was some courtside audio that was leaked from, you know, a fan who was in attendance courtside who recorded part of the conversation. So there's that there's some lip reading going on. We can get the gist of enough of the conversation to understand that Ime was telling the Lakers to stop complaining He was calling them certain names. LeBron took offense to that. And then Ime called out LeBron for walking over to Ime because LeBron was walking over trying to intimidate him. And Ime was basically like, what are you going to do? What what are you walking over here for? So why did this ultimately happen? Why did the Rockets ultimately take an L in this game? Where did the breakdowns happen? After a dominant first quarter, after a very, very good first quarter out of the gate, Why did the Rockets collapse in that second quarter? We're going to break it all down for you coming up here in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape some of the the crazy realities of real life, but we're going to talk about preparing for real life here for just a moment. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is honestly pretty scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than someone that I love or a dear friend, you know, getting sick while supply chain issues kept them from getting life-saving medications that they needed. Thankfully, we're going to be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among other things. This stuff could happen to any one of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of their regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your first order. Again, that's jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off of your order. 
And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's get into a little bit of the actual basketball from this game, shall we? Uh, And it starts with the Rockets, who had a really dominant first quarter in this game. Uh... They went up a quick 30 to 25 in the first quarter. And that final score may not look dominant, but the way that the Rockets were playing in that first quarter was really impressive. They guys were playing for one another. They were sharing the basketball incredibly well. Uh, they had 10 assists on their 13 made shots. Alperin Shingun was was amazing out of the gate in this game. He had nine points, five rebounds, and four assists all in the first quarter on four of eight shooting, including hitting a three-pointer, which means that he was three of five shooting inside the three-point arc because he took three threes in the first quarter, which is, hey, pleasant surprise, Alpi taking a lot of threes and taking them with, with confidence. Still not hitting them at an elite rate, but you like to see him accepting that that has to be a part of his game Moving forward, and even more impressive than his offensive production in that first quarter was the way that Alpi outplayed Anthony Davis in the first quarter of this game. Alpi, again, nine points, five boards, and four assists in the first 12 minutes, and he played minute for minute with Anthony Davis in that first quarter, who only finished the quarter with eight points, four rebounds on three of nine shooting, and Alpi largely guarded Anthony Davis in single coverage that entire first quarter. There was one bucket that AD got. It was the, like, Hail Mary turnaround fadeaway that he definitely didn't call bank on and, you know, went off the glass for two around the free throw line. AD hit that shot, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that either Jeff Green or Tari Eason was guarding him at the time that he hit that shot. So not even Alpi's assignment on that possession. LP did a really phenomenal job holding AD to essentially, you know, below 35% shooting from the floor in that first quarter. Now, maybe you chalk up some of the first quarter misses. AD missed like his first six shots in the game to him getting whacked in the face by Jalen Green on an early drive. The Lakers had to call an early timeout so that AD could compose himself. But it really did look like LP did a really solid job in that first quarter of being physical with him, bodying up to him. The Rockets did a good job rebounding that first quarter. Across the board, it really felt like the Rockets were having one of their one of their best starts to any individual game this season. And not only was Al P cooking, Jalen Green had a strong start to his game. He had eight points on three of six shooting. He had a few rebounds. Uh, Jabari Smith Jr. had four points. Dylan Brooks had four points. And it kind of felt like, Everybody was getting their turn a little bit offensively where everybody was stepping up. Everybody was hit some shots. Fred only took one shot, missed it, but he did have three boards, had a couple assists. Like it felt like the Rockets were functioning like a well-oiled machine in that first quarter. And then that carried over into the second quarter. It actually kept going like for, for a while there, the wheels didn't start to kind of fall off this thing until about maybe midway-ish through the second quarter, maybe a little bit before that, where the Lakers started on this run. And it was, first off, Ime Odoka highlighted exactly what happened, uh, at least his thoughts on the breakdowns in that for, in that uh, second quarter for the Rockets in this game. Missed assignments, uh, turnovers. Um, you know, like to your point, uh, we had a great first quarter and obviously 14 to 35 in that quarter, but we didn't score, but it was still, you know, 
three-point game, five-point game, and then, you know, multiple turnovers and missed assignments on defense. Uh, you know, I didn't love our physicality, and um, especially in that quarter. But, you know, we had our chances to get back into it even the second half, and the same thing happened there. You no know, turnovers and poor shot selection and missed assignments. And every time we got it to eight single digits, uh, ballooned back to 14, and we were kind of going back and forth all night. Turnovers, missed assignments, lack of physicality. Ime hit the nail on the head across the board. He's the head coach. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Get ready. Strap in. Because I'm about to call out every single player up and down this Rockets roster for arguably what Ime dubbed their worst performance of the year. Getting away from the things that have made them who this team is to this day. And I want to do that, but I need my notes. Okay, here's my notes. So they're in that second quarter. Um, some really horrendous fouls by Tari Eason and Dylan Brooks on Austin Reeves as he's driving to the basket. Just uh, first off, Austin Reeves had a sensational quarter, uh, cooked the Rockets to the tune of, I believe, 15 points in that quarter. And they had no answer for him, but it was also largely because like it was part of it, bad decisions, bad fouls, like with Tari and with DB. And then uh, there were multiple moments with miscommunications defensively, some that included Fred Van Vliet, some that included Jalen Green getting cooked on a back cut. Uh, there were transition moments where there was one where Austin Reeves was bringing the ball up in transition and Jalen Green picked him up and then got completely backpicked by Anthony Davis. Jalen Green wasn't even, at a, even in a defensive stance. He had zero chance to recover got completely walled off by Anthony Davis. Austin Reeves slices into the paint and gets a reverse layup on the other side of the rim for two. It was, I I don't know what happened where the entire team like mentally checked out of the game. It was one of the most frustrating quarters to watch from when that stuff started happening. Because again, the Rockets were, you know, keeping the scoreboard moving a little bit before everything kind of just, exploded and then suddenly mistake after mistake after mistake. Jeff Green had a bunch of uncharacteristic turnovers in this game. In the first half alone, he had three turnovers. Uh, he had a, a charge call. He had a, a bad pass turnover. And then he had another one where he was called for an offensive foul on a screen that he was trying to set. And those are just some really like uncharacteristic bad mistakes by one of your veterans in Jeff Green. Across the board. And even... Even Alperin Shagun, who played as great as he did in that first quarter, was getting bodied and bullied by Anthony Davis in the second quarter. And and Ime highlighted their 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 lack of physicality and being this, being able to basically stand up to the Lakers there in the second quarter. Um, like I said, I I don't love our physicality on him. Um, others just you know we have have to gang rebound or something that we got better at and. Alpi you know, does his job. Other guys have to come help. But um, the one-on-one in the post and some of those actions, you know, we want to guard straight up and um, to kind of get punked by a team that's not known for physicality or punking people is not a good sign. To get punked by a team who's not known for physicality or punking people. First off, Emay still not done taking shots at the Lakers because he was just cooking them post-game. And two, he's absolutely right. The Rockets got punked by the Lakers and whatever happened that was working there in that first quarter, they weren't doing it 
in the second quarter. They just they took their foot off the gas. They weren't they weren't matching up with the physicality. The Lakers kind of woke up in that second quarter. And and they took the game to the Rockets. And I think Austin Reeves gave them a lot of juice, gave them a lot of energy. But there was even, you know, at one point, at one point defending AD, Alpi pulled the chair on AD. And he had him like slipping and sliding all over the floor. And it was hilarious. And then in the second quarter, there was a point where Alpi got like completely bodied by AD. AD going for an offensive rebound, gets the put back, all that. And Ime immediately like, sees that play happen, calls Jeff Green to bring him up and subs Jeff Green in for the rest of the quarter and and lets LP ride the bench because he highlighted, right, the gang rebounding. That has to be a thing. But at the same time, LP has to be able to, you know, box out and contain AD as well. It's, it's, a, it's a group effort, but whatever LP did in that first quarter to contain AD, he was not doing it in the second quarter. So... It was just like a complete regression across the board. There were some awful turnovers from Jalen Green. Uh, again, some some really poor shot choice. You know, uh, really poor shot quality for the Rockets there in that second quarter. Fred Van Vliet took some questionable shots. Uh, Fred, even Fred, who's as great at taking care of the basketball as he is usually, even he had a turnover. He just passed it directly to one of the Lakers and ignited a fast break. So there was a lot of mistakes or a ton of mistakes in that second quarter. And it kind of felt like every mistake would then be compounded by another mistake and another mistake and another mistake. And it just, it snowballed until the deficit was monumental to where even when the Rockets came back out and actually played more of a competitive third quarter, I did think that the way that they settled into things in that third quarter, they were trying to fight their way back into this game, but the Lakers are a good enough team that you know, like Ime said before, every time they they cut the lead to, you know, six or eight or whatever, it would balloon back up. And at that point, when you're fighting from such a deficit, it's really hard to get back into the game, which is why Ime said it was the worst game that they'd played. Um, you know, probably our poorest overall game as far as um, effort and um, attention to detail. And that's one thing we haven't done this year is not play with the proper effort or physicality. And um, since we've achieve some success it looks like it's gone to some people's heads and uh, got to get back to doing what we did to get us there success going to their heads who is Ime Odoka talking about is he addressing specific guys on the roster is he addressing the whole team let's unpack that as well as final thoughts from this 107 97 loss against the Lakers coming up here in just one moment first today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel as the weather gets colder, the offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. Again, all you need is a $5 wager. And right now, you can take a look at the NBA in-season tournament games here tipping off Monday night, the first ever NBA in-season tournament. Boston Celtics at Indiana Pacers. Currently, the Celtics are favored at minus 196 to win. Indiana Pacers plus 164, the underdogs there. And then on the other side of things, the Western Conference bracket, the New Orleans Pelicans, the underdogs at plus 152 on the road against the Sacramento Kings, who are minus 178 favorites to win 
their in-season tournament game, a, a game that the Rockets could have found themselves in had they been able to close out the Dallas Mavericks on the road. But if you've been thinking about getting into Sports gambling, you've got to check out FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started this season. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Give me your thoughts on Ime Udoka's uh, exchange with LeBron James and how how he handled that whole situation. Give me your thoughts on this uh, Rockets-Lakers game and their most recent loss now under 500 this season, 8-9. Uh, still sitting, you know, firmly in the play-in uh, bracket area of the, the Western Conference standings. But elsewhere from this game, you know, I want to... I want I, I want us to talk about anything other than than Jalen's struggles. Um, so maybe I will in this one. You know what? Let's we'll we'll go with we'll go with Dylan Brooks for a second. I'll, I'll give Jalen a, a breath of air before I get get to him. But I do think that this was a game where Dylan's physicality was sorely missed in in certain stretches. Just his it, it felt like he wasn't very active on the glass. Uh, it felt like the defensive assignments that he was getting, whether it was guarding LeBron, whether it was guarding Austin Reeves, I don't want to say it didn't feel like he was making a difference, but like when he's supposed to be your defensive ace, it didn't really feel like the guys that he was checking were getting slowed down, slowed down at all in this game. And that was kind of frustrating. You couple that with, you know, a so-so performance on the offensive end, just four of nine shooting at 10 points. You know, it was just, it was not a bad game by Dylan Brooks. It just wasn't one of his better games in a Houston Rockets jersey. I thought there were some, maybe some rushed shots that he took uh, kind of early in the clock over the course of this game that could have, you know, maybe been turned into some better looks if you're the Rockets. So just kind of disappointed in, in, in his performance in this one. And then even, you know, looking up and down, you know, a, a lack of, efficiency from a lot of guys on this roster. Fred Van Vliet had some poor shot attempts in this game. He had three turnovers, which is incredibly uncharacteristic of him. He's done such a great job taking care of the basketball. And then to come into this game and shoot only seven of 15 from the floor, played 40 minutes, uh, turned the ball over three times, did have seven assists. He had five rebounds. He had 22 points, but just not a great overall game from Fred. It felt like he was making mistakes out there on the floor. Uh, and it felt like he was forcing at times offensively. Alperin Shingun, who, despite his incredible first quarter, really struggled the rest of the way. Like there's no other, there's really no other way to put it. Aside from, you know, he had a couple more threes over the course of the game. So two of five, three point shooting after going one of three in that first quarter. That's one of the bright signs or the, you know, one of the things to uh, be happy about, about this game is to see that Alpi is becoming more comfortable and, and hopefully more consistent taking and hitting that three ball. Uh, but there was just, you know, he missed a lot. Like, AD got an early block on Al P there in the first quarter. And I don't know if it's just like he was, like maybe AD was, you know, in his head a little bit or what, but it kind of felt like he missed a lot of shots around the rim that are usually like gimmies for Al P. So 
want to see him clean that up. Although Al- Alpi's done a great job of responding, you know, after a rough game, whatever this is. The fact that we're even talking about Alpi having a rough night, he still put up 21, 13, five and two steals, two blocks. Like that's just the guy. It was an inefficient night for Alpi. And there were some stretches, especially in that second quarter where the defense wasn't as good as it has been all season long. But it, it feels like we're nitpicking at this point with Alpi almost because he's been the Rockets best, most consistent player. I'm still going to call him out when he needs to be better. Jabari just do actually, you know what? Jabari was the one starter who I'm, who I'm most impressed with in this game. I'll give him that Jabari Jabari, despite, you know, not a great, not a loud offensive performance, but four of seven shooting missed all of his threes. Again, that the, the, the lack of outside shooting has been concerning, but continues to be on the money from inside the arc, which is again, something that they need to tap into and, and try to, build upon a little bit more because when he's got it going, like just keep going back to him, man. So he was 0 of three from three point land four or four inside the arc, uh, had nine rebounds, had three assists, two steals and three blocks. Jabari's defense continues to be insanely good. So much so that at one point, LeBron James was dancing on Jabari and got cute with the ball and Jabari just ripped it from him. Like just, just little poke check, got the ball Got it ahead to Tari Eason, who immediately went streaking the other direction. And Tari, high IQ Tari Eason, immediately knows that LeBron James is is locked in looking for that chase down block. So he fakes like he's going up for the layup. And it wasn't a pretty pass, but it worked. And he was able to get the ball back to Jabari Smith Jr., who then dunked it. Again, kind of an awkward dunk. Um, It was a clunky looking play. But it worked. And that's one of those, like, know your personnel, know know who you're playing against, know that LeBron James is coming for that chase down block after the turnover. And, again, all created by Jabari Smith Jr. And he had some moments where he was guarding in the pick and roll or, or having to check, you know, Anthony Davis. He got whistled for one that should have been, a, I thought, should have been a clean block on AD that was whistled a foul instead. Uh, but, you know, Jabari's defense continues to be really impressive. So even when he doesn't necessarily have it, as, at least as far as the outside shooting is concerned, uh, which he he just didn't in this game. Sometimes it feels like he takes those threes a little too quickly, either in transition or just, you know, he catches the ball and he doesn't take a second to like get his feet set or get his shoulders squared up to the, to the, to the basket. Something about like Jabari's threes, like part of me feels like I can tell when they're going in versus when they're not, because he's like rushing versus not rushing either way a really stellar defensive performance for Jabari Smith Jr. in a game where the Rockets defense was good enough for them to win this game. They just offensively could not, could not find anything throughout the course of this game. I mean, some really uh, egregiously missed shots, some bad offensive possessions here and there. And a lot of that came down to Jalen green who had a strong first quarter. The Rockets as a team, Strong first quarter. Jalen had eight of his 10 points in that first quarter. And then the rest of the way, 10 po- only two more points over the entire course of the rest of the game. That is concerning. Like, I don't know any other way to slice it. Is You can't have these swings where you're just this bad consistently on the road. It doesn't matter how good you are at home. It doesn't. You can't have these types of games where you just uh, again you look at his you look at his stat line and you watch the game and the Rockets struggled when they when they tried to run things through Jalen. He was he was too loose with the basketball. He was 
constantly turning it over. He had six turnovers in this game. Six of the Rockets, 16 turnovers, all to Jalen Green. Four of 15 shooting. He was one of six from three-point land, so he's not hitting the open threes that he's getting. He's also forcing some really tough threes with a hand in his face, with a defender right up on him. Trying to get into that mid-range a little bit where even... Like, even his shot profile in this game, I want to double-check. I want to make sure because I'm, I'm going off off eye test here, but let me double-check this. Um, open that up. How many of these were right at the paint? One, two, three, four. Yeah, so four of his, four of his 15 shots were at the rim. He only hit one of them inside the paint. You know, he's, he's trying to get to that mid-range a little bit, and he hit a couple of them, uh, but he also missed quite a few of them. So I just, at this point, you know, at at one point, do you look at Jalen and say he just has to be better because there's so much inconsistency to his game and we know what he's capable of when, when things look good, but I, I don't know what the answer is at this point, other than, you know, maybe there needs to be some competition for his spot at this point, because there's really no other, it's, it's basically by necessity, Right. You look up and down the roster. First off, Fred VanVleet is playing an obscene amount of minutes as the the, the veteran point guard on this roster. Now, Fred's not like, you know, some over-the-hill, like, 35-year-old, whatever, that you want to, like, load manage and all that stuff. But it's also not great for a six-foot-tall point guard to be playing the insane amount of minutes that he's playing to this point where he's going to have points where he's going to gas out, get tired. It's a long 82-game season. You need to have ways to, you know, maybe minimize the amount of burden on Fred Van Vliet. And right now the answer is very clearly not Jalen green. So, and Aaron holiday has been nice, but Aaron holiday is not a guy that you want really to give 30 plus minutes a night to. So two things, a, or two things. One, the Rockets desperately need a Min Thompson back. If anything, to just alleviate some of the burden on Fred, mainly Fred, but also even Jalen, right? Give them another guard that they can throw out there who can handle the, the basketball, who can create some offense, who can do certain things on the floor that there's just a limited supply of right now. Because Aaron Holiday can kind of run the offense. He can make good, good crisp decisions, but he's not really a guy that's going to like be out there breaking down the defense and creating shots for himself and teammates. Like the Rockets have two dynamic guards, and that's Fred and Jalen. And a lot of it falls on Fred to run the show. So they need a Min Thompson back for that reason. Second thing, give Cam Whitmore some minutes, man. Like, seriously, give Cam Whitmore some burn. In this game, he clocks he clocks in, final three minutes of the game, garbage time, whatever, and he scores five points in three minutes flat. Gets to the free throw line six times in those five minutes. Now, he went three of six to the free throw line, so he's got to hit his free throws. But Cam's ability to just be physical and draw fouls and put the ball on the floor and do good things with it. I mean, Cam's handle right now is probably at least on par with Jalen's, if not maybe a little better. (laughs) Just with his ability to break down a defense and actually get to the cup. And even if Cam doesn't have like, you know, an insane bag around the rim yet, you know, at this point in his career... It kind of doesn't matter because he's just big and strong and he'll just throw his body into guys and get to the free throw line. Whereas Jalen gets knocked off his spots a lot. He gets bullied when he tries to drive to the rim. So I'm not saying, you know, start 
carving out Jalen's minutes and give them to Cam Whitmore. I'm not saying Cam Whitmore should start over Jalen Green or anything that absurd, but I'm saying at what point do the Rockets look at Jalen and his road versus home woes, the inconsistency, all of that, and start looking at the other options on the roster, right? Start giving other guys a look. Amin Thompson's are obviously out due to injury. That's understandable. He would be getting a lot more minutes right now, and maybe even he'd be getting minutes where he'd be playing over Jalen Green if he's having a better game, quite possibly. We've seen Ime is not afraid to bench the young guys when they're struggling, whether it's Jabari, whether it's Shingun, whether it's Jalen, doesn't matter. If you're struggling and if you're not playing up to Ime standards, you are going to sit for a little bit. But they just don't have any alternatives right now. And it sucks because there is a healthy alternative sitting over on the bench who has spent time with the Vipers, whose passing looks really solid when he's with the Vipers, who has refined parts of his game that I cannot wait to see get actual consistent minutes in a Rockets jersey because Cam Whitmore has an incredibly bright future and I can't wait to see what he's actually able to achieve playing for Ime Odoka and playing for this team. I just hope it happens. At this point, I hope it happens sooner rather than later. Just, if anything, to provide some healthy competition for those two spot minutes because somebody's going to get those minutes and I'd rather it be the somebody who can actually get some production out of those minutes rather than the inconsistent production that we've seen so far. Whew. It's a lot from this episode. It's a lot from this game. It was still good vibes because of Ime going at LeBron James. Give me your thoughts about this one in the YouTube comments. Let me know how you felt about the loss, how you felt about the Rockets' lack of attention to detail, all the little stuff that kind of went into this game, how you felt about Ime versus LeBron, all that good stuff. Give me your comment. Give me your thoughts in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. <laughs>